Hi there, everyone. My name is Thomas Seggy, and I'm the 2019 Pride of the Hyde, and welcome to The Kink Closet. Uh, this is a podcast where I go around interviewing people throughout the community to learn a bit more about their story. Today, I am joined by the 2019 Melbourne Rubber Man, Jason. Jason, hello. say hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Yourself? Good. Thank you so much. How are you today? Uh, long day at work and uh, it's a pleasure to sit down and have a chat to you. It's been a long time. Uh, we've seen each other face to face. I know. Yes, it's far It's been forever. However, we have seen each other digitally around, which has been lovely. That is very much so. It's the, uh, it's the way of the times at the moment. I know. For everyone listening at home, this is another one of our Skype episodes because uh, I am calling Jason, who is staying safe and strong in Melbourne. Isn't that right? Yes, staying in my house and uh, doing my best uh, and doing my bit to hopefully uh, get over this COVID-19. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time today. I much appreciate it. That's so right. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone else. Tell me who you were before you were a fetish person. Okay. How long have you got? <laughs> We have all the time we need. Um, it's actually when it, it's actually an interesting question because I suppose for me, um, I literally just shared a picture on our Melbourne Rubber page of mm. my first picture in gear. Um, it was about about twenty, um, but before that, um, or even still around that, I've been in and out of fetish for about twenty years. Yeah. Um, I sort of got into it when I was sort of interested about sort of 17, 18. Um, but growing up in a small country town, as I suppose as a, as, a, as a queer person, it was very hard to find places where you could explore and um, to find yourself. And the only thing we really had was uh, the horrible internet that you had to wait till the family went to sleep, then sneak up and <laughs> unplug the phone. And then plug the, <laughs> plug the modem in and wait 20 minutes to connect. Um, and using things like, you know, Manhunt and I suppose um, Gator back in my days. Um, oh, God. To see, <laughs> now I'm showing my age. To sort of look at pictures and profiles. And, you know, I even remember, uh, you know, when I was 16, 17, ringing the phone number lines, you know, the 1800 or the really expensive phone lines and you could listen to voice messages of people who are in the area. Oh, was so, that very busy in your area? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, but, but you know, it, 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 took a, it took a lot of evolution for myself. And I suppose, you know, I was very much um, heavily in the, in the motorsport scene in the country town mm-hmm. um, of where I'm from. And, and obviously quite a high-profile high person which sort of made it really hard to juggle the two. Yeah, okay. And, and, and then I suppose then as, as I sort of evolved and got a bit, bit sort of um, bit older, sort of pulled away from that and moved to Perth and, mm-hmm. and things started to slowly expand. Um, the hardest thing was obviously still high profile in, 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 in my sports um, and had sort of, that twin sort of lifestyle sort of going on about um, had me being gay one side and then 
you know, all my sports and uh, friends the other side. So it took a lot of time for me to build up the courage to actually come out to that sort of stuff, let alone the fetishes. So I actually didn't come out to a lot of my sporting side of things till I was about probably nearly 25, 28. All right. So it took, yeah, so it took me a long time to do that. Just just being accepted, I suppose, you know, and I don't know if I'm saying it, being accepted as a, as a gay racing car driver was pretty hard. Mm-hmm. You know, in a, in a huge, you know, if, if you're going to be gay in any sport, motor racing is probably a very hard one. Yeah. Um, and to do that, um, but also do it quite successfully. So I usually take quite a big passion in it. I was uh, the president of the president of one of the West Australian committees over there for three years mm-hmm. um, and quite heavily involved in, in the state championships and those sort of things as well. So not shy of organising things and being involved. Um, which sort of relates to what I'm doing right now. Of course it does. But can you tell tell me a bit more because it's because they're very interesting. You said you were juggling the two and was had quite a high profile. What was what was going on through your head? What was that like for you to be juggling those two sides? I suppose the hardest thing is 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 more so just unsure what people would thought if you were gay. Mm-hmm. Um was was one side and as i started to get over that i still my fetish side was still quite hidden so even though that the picture i showed on facebook that was in when i was 22 that was that was very hidden so that's why i haven't got many pictures and and it stood aside and it wasn't until probably nearly late 2012 uh, 13 before i really got the confidence to you know what i'm proud of who i am i'm proud of what fetish i'm in yeah I'm just going to push on, and then, and and it took me, and then that's obviously by then I was in my late late thirties. Um, okay. And and yeah, it was just it's so hard to get the confidence up, and it actually took a few friends and and some close friends to help us sort of, you know, not try to be scared about hiding that stuff anymore. Well, that's interesting because that was it's part of the basis of this podcast is that some people we we come out as queer people first and then some of us have have a second coming out um as kinksters yeah so (laughs) how did it take so much like what made it take so much confidence to to come out from it what was was it still the worrying about people thinking or what was it this time compared to the motocross jason coming out uh i suppose it was it was a couple couple of really good friends that we got to know that really showed us that, you know, what I can wear a piece of latex out in public or, or I can go to, a, to go to a queer pub and be myself and not feel like people are judging you. Yeah. Um, and become very free and accepting of yourself was, was probably, and, and the, look, they weren't Perth. They weren't from Perth originally. They'd moved from Sydney to Perth mm-hmm. and, and obviously, you know, Perth has evolved as a city hugely yeah. now, so it's quite it's a lot more accepting what it used to be. But even in the gay culture, when I was growing up in the city of Perth, it was still quite judgmental within itself. So yeah. you know, you, you know, they, they would go, "Oh, you know, who's this weirdo or who's this weirdo?" It's if you weren't that sort of generic homosexual, and hate to use that word, you know, you were pigeonholed into being a weirdo or those sort of things. Where now, if you weren't part of the status quo. The status quo, exactly right. Yeah, then um, it was you were quite outcast. Is that yeah. correct? 
Correct, yes. You know, so you had to fit that generic, you know, and for me, I was that sporty gay jock that played hockey and raced cars and, and was all that sort of stuff. And that was me for a long time. And then because of what you were seeing happening to others, was that like not helping your fetish side come out? No, it wasn't. It wasn't helping at all because because there was just you know it felt very judgmental, you know. Mm. And I and I think and I think a lot of queer people will probably say this in in sort of the sort of sort of very early two thousands, sort of late nineties. I think the we, our own community judged ourselves too much. Yeah, and and didn't give that respect, and it still happens now in pockets where, you know, we it happens. But I don't. I think we've evolved very, very, very well over the mm-hmm. last three or four years to really be respectful, regardless of your sexuality, regardless yeah. of your fetish, regardless of your body shape. That whole sort of that package is starting to become very good in most parts, and and which is which is amazing. Yeah. So, what have you been seeing in kind of those? Um, positivity <laughs> aspects. What, what has it been for you? Um, for me, um, I suppose you know I take it a bit two ways. For me, the final step moving to Melbourne, which is uh, a very sexually fetish positive city, mm-hmm. um, like most cities are big like that, and, yeah. and people people don't judge. They respect for who you are. They respect for what you wear. They respect what you look at. They're not, you know, you're not pigeonholed. Yeah. Um, which 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 gave me a big kick up, but also when I go back to Perth now, I can see that you know it's a little bit behind where obviously some of the bigger cities are, but you can start to see that you know that drag is taking it at a whole new level. They don't you know that the, they're very accepting of the the human pups over there. They're very accepting of the fetishes. Where yeah. before, and this is where probably some of my story comes from, is that you will go there. Let's say if I wore a rubber suit at, at one of the local bars in Perth. You'd have a drag queen come and go. What the fuck are you wearing, you weirdo? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and not and not to swear, but that's 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 you know that's like. Well, hang on a minute. You like drag, and I would expect you for doing it. So why are you why are you having a crack at me? So why are you even cracking my drag? So some people, yeah, that our, yeah, our drags are like in gear is a form of so, so yeah. drag to some people. Yes, that's right. So you know, <laughs> and I suppose that's where some of the frustrations come from from, from there. But but I, that culture is, to be fair to to, to 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 Perth, and I love it to bits. It's really disappeared now, which is fantastic. Okay, so I want to know if knowing what you know now, if you could say something to Jason, or if you could say something to someone who might be going through that experience where their environment, which is like you know, you know, like oh, this is where I should be, but I'm feeling outcasted. Yeah. What What would you say, knowing what you know now, to that person or to Jason back then? Um, I'm saying if you're you're around groups or areas where you feel like you've been outcasted, you're probably not around the right people in the first place. Um, you know, you want to find friends and people who are who who respect you for you who you are. But also, there are places you can reach out. Now, there's heap, you know, with any sort of fetishes um, or any sort of queer groups. There are places you can reach out to get those conversations started to help you, yeah. help you understand. You know, when I was eighteen, I didn't have a, uh, you know, a, a Thorn Harbour or a Down and Dirty or, or 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 a Melbourne Rubber where I could sit down and yeah. just talk about my feelings. We're lucky enough now that 
we can we've got connections across the world you know you can talk to any group and mm-hmm. talk about the, the your feelings and 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 just to them to tell you that you know you're you what you're feeling is okay you're not weird yeah. you know and, and to have that is, is amazing so reach out reach yeah. out and, and look at you know look at the groups and search for the groups and there's you know there's avenues everywhere that you can sort of that you sort of reach out to perfect that's good yeah it is very important to be able to reach out um especially doing and sometimes that can just be some of the things that people just don't realize that just go searching for it because yep. it's probably there with yeah yeah we, um, we've we've got all the tools these days to search for these things so you know, we've we've got phones that you can watch movies and Google on, and so the the yeah. tools are there to very much to reach out and find those and just discuss those things. The the biggest thing, and I suppose the thing we talk about is just making sure you, you you remove yourself from from the toxic culture that 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 maybe you're stuck into, or mm-hmm. or or just the wrong group of friends. They and and they might not they might not know they're doing you know or showing you or helping too. You know, they they it's all about. Um, I'm probably going to dribble on a little bit. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about, and I, and I say this to a couple of really young fetish people in, in, in I was about to say Perth, in Melbourne. It's all, <laughs> it's all about education. Yeah. You know, we can sit there and we can shout and scream and get abusive. It's actually all about how, how have you gone about to educate this person about your fetish? How have you approached it? How have you yeah. made them understand? And if they're a true friend and you can sit there and have that honest, conversation and and then educate them about what it is they will respect and understand that and your friendship will go even more because they have that you have that trust relationship and if they don't you've also got to accept that that you know what maybe that's not not their thing and move on from that too so it's a bit of a two-straight street but it's all about a big focus on education yeah yeah and it kind of all helps with that for instance my closest circle of friends they are very open and accepting for everything can relate it and yeah um and it's never been the butt of a joke it's actually has been sometimes yeah. but <laughs> but the you just know just having that as having those people that you can just go into and just talk about what what's going on what you're yep. feeling what yep. you're experiencing yep and just have them bounce off you and that's always great yep. And, you know, sometimes some of the best conversations are having with those people who aren't inherently kinky where you're having to tell them what you're experiencing and then you're learning more about yourself because you're having to explain it to someone else. Yes, yes, that, that, that's, that's exactly it. And, and, the, and those open conversations with, with your best friend, it could be with your, you know, with your father. I remember my open conversation I had and trying to educate my father what what I when I won Melbourne Rubber about what what it is and what, why I like it, you know, and you learn so much about yourself. And you know what, uh, you know, your family sometimes some of the weirdest contact points. But you know, I remember coming out to my father and said when I said I'm gay, and I was so upset when I came out to him. Like it was a very emotional, very hard mm-hmm. thing when I came out to him. And I was in my twenties too, so yeah, a bit of a late bloomer. I mean, hey, considering what you've told me, I think that's quite an acceptable time frame. <laughs> so, so he, he he literally came in the room, and he and he's an Australian bloke. He sort of waved and said, "I love you because you're my son. Just be yourself." And he literally walked out. That was it. That was his conversation. That was his way of saying, "You know what? I accept you. 
just be yourself and get on with it. And that's Aww. and that's just that's just his own way. And I think everyone's got to treat themselves the same way. You know, be who you are. There are people, thousands of people like you or with similar interests somewhere. You will find it. You've just got to find that that timing right, and and the right people in the right community will find you. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, I want to know, because you mentioned it, when you were explaining to your father winning Melbourne Rubber Band and what it meant to you, I want to know, what does it mean to you? Um, yeah, winning Melbourne Rubber was something that I sort of, I've always wanted to compete in something like that and, and do it. Yeah. But it was just about the timing, right? I was in Melbourne beforehand and had a few opportunities to do so. But I had to be in the right headspace at the right time mm-hmm. to sort of to sort of compete and 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 it was about just having some fun and and putting back into the community at the oh, right. Oh, it was time. an amazing competition. Oh, like <laughs> the four of you was intense. Yes, it, <clears throat> it was really good. That the, the the other three contestants, um, OJ. Uh, Max and I've gone blank. Yeah. All I can think of is a rubber puppy and I've gone blank. Dicko. Dicko, oh, yeah. Dicko, there we go. And they all put an amazingly good show. And you sort of learn that a bit like, and I hate to use this cliche from like something like drag races, when you compete, you're competing with your whole, you become a bit of a family and, and you know, you go through this journey experience together. So, you know, and and explaining to to my father about why I wanted to compete and what this meant to me. I've always had this drive, you know, I've always been this person to want to be involved and want to help. Yeah. You know, when I first, when I was young, I used to coach, coach, um, you know, um, I'm, uh, you know, under 13s, under 15s, hockey and, and school and school boys. And, and then, you know, even coaching professional hockey at such a young age. And then sort of, you know, once that sort of passed and I wanted a bit of a change, I was, you know, doing presidents of all the motorsport side of things. And I've always been involved in wanting to help grow the yes. community. Mm-hmm. And 2019 was a year, you know, this is my next step to get out to help evolve the community and take the community to the next step. Yeah. And and and, and he understood that, you know, he, you know, sort of understands the fetish and he does, you know, doesn't doesn't yuck my yum, but he under- he definitely understands what I mean to help support a community. A hundred percent. And that's a really good way to kind of explain it to someone who isn't, you know, inherently part of the community. Yep. Is this is what I see I'm doing for it and this yep. is what I want to do. Yep. Yep. And it's yeah. about pulling us pulling us all together and, and that's the my biggest fo- been my biggest focus. There's not necessarily um you know, it's a, not it's about fundraising or anything like that. It's about actually putting all these little pockets of you know community and try to put a lot, bring everyone closer together. Yeah. Um, whether it's in Melbourne, whether it's in Sydney, whether it's worldwide, and saying, "Hey, this is where we are, and this is what we're doing." Yeah. Uh, and it's evolved very quickly. You know, we've moved from, you know, moved from being a, a single gendered community in Melbourne to to a fully inclusive community. Mm-hmm. Which which was a challenge in itself, you know, to 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 actually, you know, drop the men off the Melbourne rubber and, and say, you know what, we need to to be a better community. We need to involve everyone, which I think, uh, you know, everyone who helped out and was involved it was an amazing effort. 
Oh, and the reception has been overwhelming and the, um, for instance, just the content that's been yes. coming out of it has been exceptional and so invigorating. It, it, it's blown me away, actually. I know that, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit bizarre because we had so much planned for Slick Week and we were hedging a lot on having a really inclusive Slick Week with a few other events. But then all COVID, COVID hit, and yep. uh, and then literally, it shattered all our plans. And and how how we how were we going to tackle it? And you know, we thought, oh, okay, we can we can do as we we'll sat with the committee. We we can do a bit of an online catch up. You know, keep it casual. And as we did Zoom after Zoom, it slowly grew. It slowly grew, and then we introduced little competitions, and yeah. it just it just evolved because. What we found is a community is not necessarily seeing someone face to face. It's what we're doing right now. It's about sharing, sharing our, sharing our, our common interests, mm-hmm. whether it's in an interview, whether it's online, or whether it's just that simple communication of doing those sort of competitions and 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 sharing our lives. Yeah, you know, it's just been amazing experience, and we've probably grown more in the last two months, months. Yeah, than we have ever. That's exceptional. That's amazing. That's you have all been such a um, shining example of how to um, excel in a digital space, which has been great. So I, I tip my hat off to all of you. It's Aww. it's really great. Um, okay, so we're getting towards the end of the interview, and yeah. um. I just want to know, where did the leg decks come from? What sparked it from a country, queer boy, 17, 18 or 20-something? Where did the, the rubber come from? Well, growing up in a, in a, in a very beachy country town, I, I would say the biggest segue for me was wetsuits. I remember being 16, going to the surf shop, oh, want to try on this wetsuit, try it on, got a bonus straight away. <laughs> um, pretty much That's in hot. 16 and it sort of evolved from there and then I think I, when I first moved to Perth like I wasn't really had understanding of latex and then I went to Perth and then this really sexy bare looking man pretty much what Dave looked like probably but 20 years ago um, had this hot picture of him wearing latex and boots and this gas mask and I got the opportunity to go over there and visit and he put me in his suit and then cuffed me behind, behind, cuffed my hands behind my back, put a hood on and then that was it. That oh, was you became had, a drone right there and then. I Perfect. literally drove right there and then and <laughs> I, I ordered my first suit, I, I tell you not, within 24 hours after that experience mm. um, and it just evolved and, you know, I've been slowly collecting stuff over the years i've got some stuff i've got here that's probably 13 years old yeah and and it just and it just sort of evolves and just the feel and the look but i didn't really get the funny thing about it is it was very household and very in my bedroom until that sort of like i said that 2012 13 onwards you know i went to my first Folsom which in 2013, I actually did both. I did back-to-back. I went to Berlin and then San Fran, which was just mm. amazing. 
Um, and to see that too was also a, a bit of an awakening experience because I've never been there, Danny, like that. Never yeah. been to Melbourne, let alone jumping straight into Folsom. Into Folsom, yeah. <laughs> Burns the belly so, of the beast right there. Yes. And, you know, I've been back again for a couple of Folsoms and, and in different events. And I, I suppose what I've learned about, I suppose, I love my latex and rubber so much is the community. So they love having a laugh. And I'm a very genuine sort of just easygoing sort of person. I don't like when it gets too serious. And, yeah. you know, I think the latex community is very good at having a bit of fun. And that, I suppose, relates back to our Zoom chats and our competitions we've done. We yeah. just, you know, let's dress up and have some fun, obviously. You know, we got some seriousness of a fetish that stays in our bedrooms, but out and about, we are just just good people that want to have a laugh and enjoy ourselves. You're serious about fun. <laughs> yes, we are serious about fun. If you can't <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself, there's something wrong. Oh god, that was an old Toys R Us saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sweep that into there. You're all welcome, everyone. All right. So, <laughs> That's good to hear. On that note, I, I think we're going to uh, call it a night there, Jason. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jason. How do you feel about coming into the kink closet and coming out of it again? It was good. I, I really relieved my moment and now I'm trying to remember about the dial-up and how long it took me to look uh, at my gate gate already <laughs> just <laughs> oh you'd still be loading your first profile i, I would be i would be <laughs> all well, this folk all this phone call would have cost me a hundred dollars yeah if you're lucky if you're lucky <laughs> anyways the king closet is now a little bit slicker a little bit more shiny i'm gonna put some i'm gonna slip on my way out all this lube but uh thank you so much for your time and best of luck with slick it is happening at the end of july that's correct that's correct yes yep all online um get in contact with jason if you uh, want to have more details of melbourne rubber sorry on facebook thank you so much thank you bye